Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. Uh, you, dear listener, have tuned into not just an episode, but a very special episode of a horrible gaming podcast for whatever reason. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm not alone, and most of the time I'm not alone. With me is... Most of the time. That's kind of fresh, too. Not right now. By the time you're listening to this, this is like two months in the future. It is two months in the future. We should just, like, start saying things that are going to be, like, very dated. (laughs) Like, man, Tears of the Kingdom. How about that? That was good, wasn't it? (laughs) Uh, This is Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. Who would have thought Redfall? Um, Who would have thought Redfall? Yeah. We should, we should drop false information in there is what we should do. Like, I had no idea Redfall was going to feature, uh, you know, a fully nude man right in the opening <laughs> cutscene. <laughs> Honestly, the biggest shock for me with everything going on was when Bobby Kotick jumped off the top of Activision after Insane. the deal got Insane. <laughs> And it was so crazy that he jumped off the top of Activision and for whatever reason there was this semi-truck carrying broken glass uh, to the broken glass factory that he just landed in. Uh, he landed directly into Directly into truck, it. Yeah. truck, it crashed into a cement truck on the way over. It was terrible. I know. And for some reason that cement truck was also full of fucking Wolverines. Just rabid, hungry, rabid, cement-covered rabid Wolverines. Wolverines. Um <laughs> Okay, so as, in case you guys... This episode to just throw everybody off. Rabid like, hungry wolverines? Rabid, rabid cement-covered oh. wolverines. And I'm nobody's going to know what's going I'm on. I'm marking it down. Rabid <laughs> cement-covered wolverines. Okay, guys, so uh, now that you're completely confused, oh, uh, you probably <laughs> aren't confused because we're probably... confuse you more. <laughs> we're probably going to be hyping it up before it happens, but uh, we this is a pre-recorded episode that we put in the bank many, many, many months. I knew of my impending vacation, uh, and we had some time free, so we just figured to put this sucker in the bank. So this was, in case you guys were record, wondering, this was recorded on April 12th, uh, and this is going up, I think, June 3rd. So, so, <laughs> no topical whatsoever. What if we post this and Bobby Kotick does jump off the top of the fucking Activision? That would be hysterical. And at that point, we are soothsayers. Yes. Yeah, it's still going in there, though. Uh, okay. So, so, we're pre-recording this because we knew we needed this day off, and, uh, and yeah, what we're doing today, you're not going to get fan traction because obviously, uh, and uh, I mean, leave your fan traction. Your fan traction is kind of required for this show, uh, but but you're not going to. We're not going to be reading any fan traction from the last one. I will record. I will of course read all the fan traction from the episode before this and this episode to make up for it on the next episode. Uh, you you might not. You probably probably not going to get plugs either. You, you just. There's no odds and ends. So what are we yeah. doing? 
Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here today? Well, I'm uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, but before I do that, we have to thank the people that make this show possible. Behind our ugly mugs, you see a fancy custom graphic that was designed by Mr. Mark Bell. We thank him for that. Then, of course, the theme song for this show and most of the shows here at OMG is provided by the man who makes the music, my brother Nick Van Sliders. We thank him for that. Uh, so, what are we doing? Well, before I pause to go to that, uh, we're going to tell you what I'm, what we're doing. I don't know. Long-time listeners might know about this, but we used to do a little thing on this show called The Horrible Arena. This was a, a Neil and me thing for probably the first, I want to say about the first year that you and I did the show alone, basically. Yeah, I would say so. Basically what it was is it's a segment where each of us would like, we would take turns picking a topic and then we would have to pitch a game, like a game, developer, title, everything that goes into the game, what the game is, uh, to you guys based on whatever the topic was. And then you guys could, you know, in the comments, vote, tell us who you thought would won, and then we'd kind of extrapolate information and just kind of decide who won. Friendly sort of way, friendly competition sort of thing. Um... I loved that so much, but it just, like, it's hard to do, it's hard to keep up with, it's it's hard to do on a regular basis, so it kind of went by the wayside. We've done one other show like this, uh, but it's one of the things where I don't have interviews to do, I don't have anything special to, like, put in this, in this space, so we just do a horrible arena show. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are, the return of the horrible arena show Right here, you're about to witness it. What Early we're creating content, truly, truly creating from nothing. Well, yes, exactly. What we're going to do is each of us, Neil and I, have picked a topic. We will pitch on each of those topics, and then we will pitch a wild card, which is anything goes. And you guys then get to go into the comments. We can and and basically, uh, basically do all this stuff now. If I recall correctly, the rules of Horrible Arena go as such. One person pitches. The other person gets to ask a question about the game, kind of an on-the-spot question about the game. Then the other person has to respond to the question. And then we move on to the next pitch. Correct? Yes. All right, so that's what we're doing today. And we're going to be right back for with that. Uh, and, and really that alone, that's the show. So if that doesn't sound good to you, you know, skip it. If it doesn't sound good to you, rabbit cement-covered wolverines are better. <laughs> rabbit cement covers. <laughs> if that's if that's actually what I remember to make the title, uh, that that really is a, uh, a clickbait title. <laughs> I'm gonna be thoroughly impressed. Just you know what? Just save the file after everything's all said and <laughs> done. Rabbit cement-covered wolverines. The problem is when I go to edit it in like a month, because even though I plan to edit it this week, I'm not gonna get to it. When I go to edit, I'm gonna be like, "Where the fuck is that file?" <laughs> Forget the whole rabbits and make other rules thing. All right, so we'll be right back with horrible arena episode. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, so here we go. That brings us to horrible arena and our first topic. This was a topic that was provided by Neil. Neil, what was your 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 topic pick? My topic of choice this time round was a board game. 
Now, uh, there was actually some side conversation uh, <laughs> after this was established. Uh, the day that it was sta- established, and then uh, just as of yesterday as well, as to what exactly <laughs> a board game is. Um, to be fair, board game is kind of loose. It's uh, <laughs> got very creative sort of, with it. Very yeah, with it. Uh, yeah. Mine's mine's kind of like a, a creative sort of situation as well. Um, while mine's going to lean more towards a traditional side, it's very much anything that can be played via a tabletop. Okay. Um, not, I, I wouldn't say like necessarily quote unquote tabletop gaming, but uh, it, it can go that way for sure. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, if you're ready to go, Let's fire it off. Let's fire it off. So you're you're leading us because uh, this is your topic, and then I will lead us on my topic, and then I guess we'll flip a coin for the wild card. Uh, so so knock me out, man. Well, it's funny you use that phrasing. Okay. Uh, because mine is going to be Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Rock'em Sock'em robots i'm yes. not gonna lie i'm actually extremely excited about this <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just from the name i don't i can't remember the last time you pitched something and just from the name i was like yes yeah. with a nod but yes with a nod definitely uh so i mean if you are familiar with rock'em sock'em robots it is a big old plastic arena where you grab these little Joy-Con, Joy-Controller things and shift a little plastic robot around while pushing buttons to make it punch the head off of the other robot. Okay. Um, I only have to describe this to people who are under the age of 20. Um, but it is going to be made by Capcom. Okay. Right. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots is going to be a traditional 2D style fighter that will follow player that will allow players to not just fight robots but build and customize them as well. Each part of the robot would affect the viability of that robot in combat, affecting both uh, stats such as stamina and strength, as well as the move set available to the player. So uh, some parts may allow for more than just like punches or kicks. Some may allow for projectile attacks or like parrying moves. So each piece of the robot is like an equipable item effectively. The parts could also feature a risk reward system that would allow players uh, based off of their skill to opt for more complicated move inputs for something like a higher damage or uh, effects added to attacks. It can also affect the meta of the game by eliminating telegraphing moves to opponents. I don't know how familiar or how, how much you got into fighting games back in the day, but depending on what you're playing, if you're sitting next to somebody, if you know the character that they are playing, you can hear what they are doing without even looking at their buttons. 
Uh, the game would also feature local co-op and online play as well, and would feature a single-player campaign. The single-player uh, campaign would offer a story with a chance to earn pieces to build your own robot to start. But the meat of the game would be after that campaign, pretty much being a solely online experience after that. The multiplayer would offer two different modes. Yeah, I know it's weird when I pitch something that's like the antithesis of everything yeah. that I stand for. I'm sorry, um, I didn't mean to throw you off there, but I couldn't help to laugh on there. Um, so, uh, the uh, multiplayer would offer two different modes. Uh, one would be just simple matchmaking, just for, you know, hanging out, playing the game, refining your builds. But there would be a ranked matchmaking as well to where you would actually wager parts against your opponent and whoever won got a part from that opponent's robot in the end. Uh, so that is going to be my first pitch, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. All right, I have a question for you and you may have okay. answered this and I missed it, um, but is it, th is it a third a person fighting game like For Honor or is it a 2D fighting game like Street Fighter? It's a 2D fighting game like Street Fighter. Okay. All right. All right. That's that's all I had. That's all I had. I think it's a really interesting, uh, really interesting pitch, man. Really interesting pitch. Whoa. Did you ever play Rock'em Sock'em Robots Fuck back yeah. in the day? Who, what <laughs> 80s kid didn't play Rock'em Sock'em Robots? And let's face it, Red always and, and won. You always were mad when you got the blue one because yeah. his head would come up just, like that. I just I said. Never understood. I never understood why. Because they're the same fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. You 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 said it at the exact same time. You all you like. You always went one if you were red for whatever reason. Yeah. It was just like, what the hell? But uh, yeah, this is a really good tie-in. It's really cool. I think it's really interesting that your first pitch out of the gate is basically a games of surface. Yeah. No. Yeah. And <laughs> it's very. Okay. Very primed for something like game service. I'm sure they'd microtransaction the shit out of it if Capcom made it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, if I had any like uh, negative thoughts on it, it's a personal negative thought, and that's that would be I want third person. Uh, I'd want a third person fighting instead of uh, of uh, a two D fighting, especially so that I could get like multiple people in other than one on one. But uh, um. I get it. I totally get it. You're a 2D guy, so you're going to pitch yeah. 2D. I did toy around with the idea of making it like a Tekken-style 3D to where yeah. you could move in a 360-degree. But then mm. I thought about it. I'm like, mm, you're kind of stuck facing the robot head-on in the <laughs> game. So That's true. That's true. Uh, all right, so my turn to pitch, right? Yes. Okay, so this one is going to be uh, very... Uh, Oh, niche. So I don't know that anybody's going to even have heard about this. Uh, it's pushing the bounds a little bit more than Neil's. Obviously, Rock'em Sock'em Robots is, is definitely, I think, right on the edge of board game, but still a board game, whereas mine is kind of a straight-up miniature game. Uh, so I have to explain kind of what it is at first, and it is Gaslands. Uh, and I would actually pick the developer to make it would be Jody Lakeer. 
if I'm pronouncing that right. He uh, just released a game called uh, Those Who Are About to Die on PC, which is a gladiatorial, like, roguelike fighting game, which, while it does not in any way, shape, or form reflect exactly what I'm about to pitch to you guys, he just did such a quality job, and the aesthetic is so great that I'd love to see him take a shot at this. What is Gaslands? Gaslands is this guy basically looked at Hot Wheels and said, man, it'd be really cool if we did something with these. And uh, so he made this game called Gaslands, which is a miniature game, kind of like in the vein of like Warhammer 40K or those kind of things. But affordable because you just need Hot Wheels and then you customize the Hot Wheels any way you want, like, which is really fun. Uh, basically what this does is it has the, these, like the board game itself, you kind of plan out your car's route, you take turns between another guy, and the actual Gaslands game is a in-the-future, post-apocalyptic, uh, basically the Mad Max kind of aesthetic, but it's made into a death sport sort of thing. Uh, so with this one, I want, like I said, I want Jody LeCare to do this, especially since he's good at the roster stuff. What you would do, this would be a purely online experience, purely online online experience what you would do is you would build a team basically by winning matches by going online and competing by com by doing your daily challenges or whatever and in that case you would then be able to buy teams and put them together each day you would get a like procedurally generated series of racers uh, that you could then draft kind of to your team uh, at that point, you would also get to build out your cars any way you want, kind of kind of almost taking the straight board game and putting it into digital form is what I'm looking for, the straight miniature game, putting it into digital form. Uh, now you're thinking, oh, it's cars, it's racing, it's whatever. The one thing that the miniature game is kind of missing is, as cool as it is to do these kind of death race, uh, violent uh, Mad Max style scenes with Hot Wheels, it does deflate it a little bit because, you know, it's like you move a piece from here to here and then you wait for the other guy to move a piece from here to here. So it's very slow, kind of like the miniature game. With this game, what you would do is you would plot out all your moves ahead of time with all your cars. So it's not a racing game. It's not constantly going. You'd plot them all out. And then basically they you'd use a physics engine, which is another thing he's very good at, uh, to basically then generate the insanity that happens in front of you. So instead of the game itself going directly by the rules of the game uh, you'd be like okay I want him to drive like in a curve this way and then you don't know what your opponent is 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 choosing and then when you both click in your turn all the guns start firing all the cars start running into each other all the cars start flipping and crashing and exploding and then once the turn resolves in kind of like this awesome cinematic movie type scene it pauses again so both players can then input the next thing that they want uh, and then win lose or draw you get awards for your matches which allow you to then add to your cars to add to your roster to add to your teams to push you up the rankings, push you up to everything. Uh, so that's it. That's my Gaslands pitch. Uh, question? Yeah, the one that I have, this is more of, I think this is more of an opinion from you. But do you think that the game would benefit from like uh like a racing for pinks sort of uh, 
system. <laughs> I think that could definitely be incorporated. I think one thing about this game that makes it extremely, uh, that's going to give it the legs is it's got that versatility, right? You just have this basic core concept uh, and then you kind of light up those parts of your brain that like team management and like putting a team together and then seeing how that team plays out. I think it's very easy to add a racing for pinks. Also, it, there will be a number of game modes in this. It won't just be like, hey, a death match or hey, a death race. There'll be like lapped races or Mad Max races or destroy the tanker or objective races, all sorts of craziness. Everything that, that's from Gaslands will be incorporated here in the modes. And I'd even love to see three, four teams be able to all go at it at the same time. I think the chaos that you can create there would just be awesome. It would be an interesting mix of uh, real uh, of turn-based strategy, which is which can sometimes be a little bit boring. No offense to it; it's a great genre. Just sometimes it can be. Then you add in these like extremely cinematic, chaotic, crazy physics engine stuff in between those those moments of strategy. But yeah, yeah pink pink racing would be awesome. I would love that. It gives me the vibe of like super hot but cars. Super hot. Like the the VR. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of see what you're going. Happens when you move. Yes, yes, yes. Where like the action only happens where you move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like that. I think I think you'll take <clears throat> what what sets it apart from other like miniature online miniature versus games is is that physics engine because like you took it you talk it like uh, that game that failed recently that was the miniature game that I was very excited about then Moonbreaker or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was really what was really cool about that was the miniature the strategy stuff like that but still you just. It's it's all kind of a board game. This would give you the the kind of the random feel of life in a chaotic situation coupled with the strategy, you know? And that's something that I don't I don't think any other uh turn-based strategy does. Solid. Yeah, um it's not often too that you see that sort of mashup mm -mm. of mm -mm. I don't of like I can't think racing of and Right, it, it, racing is one of those like sort of untouchable genres where you don't really get to often mix it with something else. The only one that did is the Mad Max from Warner Brothers Studio, which I yeah. think is a criminally underrated game because of it. You know, it has just mm -hmm. these absolutely extremely cool moments because it's got that high speed racing with the action. This is the high speed racing with the strategy and I think that would be a lot of fun. You add in that collector's kind of mentality uh with the like pre-build mentality, you know? This has got something for Phil. This has got something for you. This has got something for me. You know what I mean? This has got something for the entire the entire OMG community, you know? Yeah. All right. So that's it. Again, up to you guys to decide which one you picked. I don't know. I think those are two very strong yeah, competitors. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I don't think we necessarily touched on the fact that everybody's supposed to vote for... Uh, Didn't I say that in the beginning? The I thought I said it was... I okay. Okay. I think it was just like, this is something we did, you know, as a goof. 
<laughs> well, as with all things horrible on the Horrible Gaming Podcast, the way this works, everybody, is... No, I said it. I totally said that you guys comment on it, and then we use that to extrapolate the winner. I use the word extrapolate. That's why I remember it. That's why you remember That's it. That's why I remember it. <laughs> Look, my brain attaches to weird things. In case I didn't explain it well enough, uh, you guys in the comments... I'm just paying attention, I, you, honestly. <laughs> you guys, thanks. That's, that's so much better. You guys in the comments get to decide who wins these. Uh, you can take to the comments and be like, this is the one that I'd spend my hard-earned money on. This is the one that I would buy. And then you can do that for any, all, none of the three that we're about to pitch today. And then we kind of try to decide. Both we, that week, both shit. <laughs> <laughs> that to week, decide. both shit. No, you can do that. I don't care, man. We only got 20 fans. I'm not going to alienate any of them. What are you doing? <laughs> no, you got to choose a favorite. Right? Right? You, you get out of here, man. Uh, we'll go down to 19 fans for that shit. Uh, all right. So next up is uh, the topic I chose, correct? Yes. All right. I to- chose a topic in uh, a section of gaming that is criminally underutilized. Right now, I can only think of two three franchises that exist in this space yeah uh, i was about to say you said two and then when you said three i thought of the other one yeah yeah uh, yeah no, yeah monster hunting game uh the kind of game where you go out it's kind of a boss rush almost you go out you pick a monster to hunt you go out you fight it uh then you harvest its bits to uh make yourself better in the game and you know advance um, I have actually pitched a borderline game on this, though. <laughs> so, it's gonna be real interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what we do. Do you have a good job? Do you have a good one, you think? I think mine's a, a, a solid go, is, is what I would give it. I, I wouldn't put it in the realm of, like, ooh, hot shit, yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I think it's an okay showing. <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, I go first on this one, right? Yes. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, I hated going second on the first one and then first here because I go two back to back. Um, so here's how we do this. Here's what we do. This game is going to be called Necromancer, and it is going to be done by Digital Extremes. They're the guys who brought you Warframe for the last 10 fucking years. They're also bringing Soul Frame relatively soon uh, and Wayfinder. They're a quality games and service developer, which is in... There's not a lot of them. Short, short supply. Short supply. <laughs> Very short supply. So what is Necromancer? Okay, so here we go. <laughs> this is such a hard game to explain. First of all, this is a games and service, but... You don't play it against, you don't play it with other players directly. Uh, Instead, what you do, wait a second, yeah. Instead, what you do is it happens in two parts, okay? First, the first part, you're playing your Mancer, basically. A procedurally generated 3D open world is created around you, okay? Procedurally generated characters, the whole nine yards, they're all just entered into a city for you to exist in. This is your city for your Mancer. You create your Mancer from the ground up. Now, at that point, 
third per it'll be a third person action game with a lot of melee combat and a lot of shooting combat, which is why I picked Digital Extremes. They can do both. There's not a lot of companies out there that can do that with the games and service thing. You will take on hunts for monsters, like actual monster monster movie monsters, like vampires, succubi, werewolves mer creatures whatever anything you can think of it's out there it's killing people you got to find it what you'll do is you'll take these missions then it will be up to you to patrol the city to find out where they're hiding where their lair is what they're killing you do that by encountering them a number of times much like a monster hunter game but on a smaller scale instead of fighting the big kaiju you're fighting just a thing that's scary. Once you get onto it, you have to battle it. You have to fight it to like a standstill. Then it retreats, and then you have to yet again chase it. The hunt can last anywhere around an hour, kind of Monster Hunter style, until you finally find it and kill it. What's interesting about this is the first half of the retreat won't just be for it, because you won't know what the monster is that you're fighting. So you won't know what you have to take out there to kill it. You won't, like, maybe you need silver bullets. Maybe you need stakes for vampire. Maybe you need something else. Once you figure out what it is, you have to survive the fight with it. Once you survive the fight with it, you then have to head back to your lair and craft something to actually kill the monster. Now, as I said... There's a two-parter to this game and a reason that it's called Necromancer because you're not a good guy. You're not a good guy at all. When you kill the monster, you take two things. One, you can claim an ability from the monster onto yourself. Okay, so like if it's a vampire, now you can suck blood to restore health. Maybe if it's a werewolf, you get automatic regeneration powers. Maybe if it's a mer creature, you can go underwater and breathe underwater. You get to claim one of the abilities each time you kill it, making your necromancer slightly more powerful to take on the next necromancer. The other thing you do when you kill it is when you kill it the first time, you gain the ability to create it. Also, you get to take one of the abilities to put on your created vampires. And here's what's tricky, guys. The creatures you hunt in your game they're not generated by the game. They're generated by other players that release them into other people's cities. You don't pick the cities. You just say, hey, I'm sending this vampire out into the world. He goes into another player's city and tries to kill that player and kill as many characters in that character's city as possible. You get scored based on how many hunters the, the thing you created takes down, how many innocent bystanders it takes down before the other necromancer is able to kill it, uh, how long it takes the other necromancer to kill it. All of that stuff you get scored on, and then that thing moves on to another thing and another thing. And each time you create, each time you send it out, it jumps out into another world and goes after a completely different hunter. Uh, kind of in the vein of ma Meet Your Maker, uh, that kind of thing. But instead, it's a much more aggressive sort of thing. So the, the two parts of the game take place... You creating the monsters to go into other people's things to kill, to bring back rewards for you, while you, the necromancer, going out to slay the monsters that other players send out in the world to make your life a living hell, uh, and then to kill them to get rewards for yourself. So, that's my game, Necromancer. My question. 
Bring it. My question is, you'd mentioned that the game is like a multiplayer, like adjacent sort of situation yes. where you're not directly going against anybody. Do yes. you think that there is, there is a room slash demand slash ability to implement some sort of maybe a PVP or a co-op situation? I think, I think, and, and literally I almost made this game created by uh, behavioral, uh, God, I can't remember their name now. It's behavioral something. The guys who make Dead by Daylight and Meet Your Maker. Uh, are you familiar at all with Meet Your Maker? It just came out. Yes, actually, if I remember correctly. I mean, I haven't played it. I but, played the uh, demo during Steam whenever, Fest. Oh, I didn't know there was a demo for it. God yeah. Damn. There might still um, be a demo up. I don't know, but there was a demo during Steam look, Fest. Because this was one I remember we had a conversation about when it was announced that was like, wow, this is something that I didn't know that I wanted. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I, I played it. Seat. It's very addicting. My biggest problem with that company is the fact that they charge an upfront fee and then charge you for in-game stuff. Meet Your Maker, from what I understand, doesn't have any in-game charges yet, but Dead by Daylight is a terrible, terrible example of that shit. And as good a game as Dead by Daylight is, and as good a game as Meet Your Maker is, I don't want to pitch a games of service that does more evil games of service stuff. So that's why I want Digital Extremes. Plus, the other thing about uh, 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 behavior... Oh God, why can't I remember? It's like behavioral eye something. Oh, it's driving me nuts. The other thing about that company is they don't really have any combat. Like, Meet Your Maker is a first person with shooting aspects, but if you get hit once, you're dead. And then in Dead by Daylight, it's a hunter running sort of situation. I wanted a company that could do really fun... Really fast-paced combat that both had interesting melee-based combat and interesting shooting-based combat. And while I think, personally, that Warframe is a little bit too fast, I think they could definitely slow it down and make this very, very interesting uh, and, and more of a monster-hunting sort of game. a More of a, 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 a kind of akin to that. Uh, but still... Uh, as far as the co-op aspect go, I know there's a long way to get to it. Meet Your Maker has a co-op mode. You can take on dungeons with your friends. Your friends can also help you build dungeons. There is no reason to help you build your monsters in this. However, I, I see no reason that there shouldn't be co-op with like another player to hunt the monster. So you can go halvesies with a necromancer and go on it. I think what you would do at that point is you would split the rewards. You wouldn't take you wouldn't take Samesy's reward. One would randomly get one thing, one would randomly get the other choices wise. So like if you go after the monster, you're getting help, great, but you're not getting as many rewards out of it. Yeah. Uh, well, my second question is, how in the fuck is it that we've done this, like, the first time in over a year? And the first time we do it in, like, over a year, we pitch something adjacent. Really? Are you kidding? It's, there okay. are, there's enough difference for All mine right. to be different. There's I, enough difference there. Can I be honest? I, I... I, I always am concerned about that because we've had that where we've been really close yeah, a bunch I've had of time. That before, yeah. But I'm 
I'm like, he's not going to pitch games of service games. He's just not. And then the first pitch you come out the door with is a games of service. I'm like, we might be in trouble today, man. If yeah. he's if he's taking his like restrictor plate off on games of service, then uh, I might be uh, we might be pitching the same shit. I don't know. All right, bring it on. Let's see what it is. All right. Well, uh, mine uh, is going to be called Cryptozoologist, and it will be done by Warner Brothers. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, that's going to hurt you with our fans, just the developer. Uh, I understand why you did it, though, because they own all the monster movies. They, there's that, and honestly, from what I've seen, how they kind of tackled to some degree the uh, the creatures in the Hogwarts Legacy. Mm. Um, okay, I, they, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. Okay, for that. all right, I won't uh, interrupt so anymore. Cryptozoologist uh, would see you take the role of a custom created character who roams the world, the real world, like Earth. Uh, Looking for mythical creatures, uh, rumored mythical creatures such as like Chupacabra, Mothman, the Jersey Devil, uh, things like that. Uh, the main goal of the game is almost like a Pokemon style thing to where you need to fill an encyclopedia with all of these different mythical creatures uh, information. Now, this can be done one of two ways. Sorry, I got a fur in my nose. You're fine. Cat. Um, <clears throat> be done one of two ways. You could hunt and kill the creatures and take them for parts, basically. Or you can capture and study them, giving you the option of how you approach situations. Both of them would have benefits and drawbacks. So let's say you decide to hunt them, hunt and kill them. You'd be able to collect the creatures and sell the resources uh, to become a deadly hunter, but at the same time, you won't be able to gather as much information. So you may have to grind more to get that information that you need to fill out your encyclopedia effectively. A researcher may want to capture and observe them um, to be able to get, like, maybe buffs against that same type of creature in the future. Um, but at the same time, you won't be able to get resources to make yourself necessarily stronger. This is a game that's meant to be played in such a way to where you're doing both actions, not necessarily saying, I'm going to just kill everything or I'm just going to be the best there ever was sort of situation. Um, <clears throat> capturing creatures, of course, would naturally lead naturally lead to a uh, base home base creation sort of thing where you'd get to take care of the creatures, raise them, feed them, all that sort of stuff, but can also serve as a home base for forging weapons and improving armor and everything like that. Um, now, what is more is if you do decide to capture these creatures, then you could actually take them out into the field with you and have them help you take down other mythical creatures that can make things a bit easier for you or in some cases if there are some that are like effectively set to be natural enemies to one another or like a chupacabra if a chupacabra would fight some sort of goat man thing obviously the chupacabra it eats goats 
basically. Um, so they would be like natural enemies to where you wouldn't be able to control your chupacabra then. So you'd have to l rely on the knowledge that you've already cr uh, collected over time about these creatures and pick your crew to go out with you very selectively. Uh, so that would be mine, cryptozoologist. I really like that pitch. I think the the most interesting part to me is the uh, the aspect of the capturing. Uh, I want my question is going to be related directly to that. Is there a social aspect to it? Do you actually have to like find ways to befriend the creatures? Or once you capture them, you can just hit a button and they're tamed. Uh, I'm going to say it follows Pokemon rules. Uh, once they're captured, uh, they're basically tamed sort mm. of situation. Okay. Uh, I know that may put some people off. Puts me off but, a little bit. but Yeah, I, I know that would put some people off. But from where I am thinking about it, it's like at least my own personal opinion. Uh, I feel like something like that, it's too much of a side, like side slash metagame sort of situation to say, okay, well, before I can go out in the field, I have to make sure that my, you know, my, my Mothman hearts me enough to actually like listen to me or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't want to poke holes in your game. I think it's really good. I really like it. I like the, the cryptozoologist thing. I personally would love if there was an aspect of like, you have to use research from the creature to figure out how to make the creature tame. Like, not necessarily a big thing, but like, like okay, well, this creature responds to, to, to violence, so if I hit it, it'll respect me. And then this creature responds to fish. If I feed it fish, it'll, you know. I really liked, the thing that really got me on your pitch, though, is I really love the aspect of, like, if you take the wrong creature into the field, it won't necessarily do the thing you want it to do. Uh, and I like the aspect of, like, managing who you have with you when you're doing it. I think I think it's a really cool idea, and it definitely brings something different to that genre than just slaying and, and parts making. Yeah, because that's one thing I kind of thought about with it is the monster hunting genre it's it's always the same thing kill the thing yeah there's 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 well there's there's a there's a For great the deal part. of capturing in monster hunter uh you're actually if you capture it you get more resources and you finish the mission faster if you capture it uh yeah well yeah i mean yeah you don't the, capture not too much about the the no, genre you're fine. itself you but. don't i don't think you capture anything in wild hearts or dauntless but in monster hunter itself you can actually choose to kill or capture there are certain missions that are like you have to kill it or you have to capture it but if you capture then you get more i think it's like research points and you get a little bit more uh um uh resources out of it plus the mission is over faster i always hated capturing though just i just <laughs> didn't i felt like i felt like i was copping out of the fight but uh um but yeah, it's really cool. I, 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 it was the same thought process for me. It was like, how do I take the monster hunter genre and then add a thing to it that's different than what we have? Because Dauntless, Monster Hunter, Wild Hearts, Wild Hearts is great, but it's it's the same it, <laughs> with different monsters, yeah. you know. So, well, they did add the 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 building aspect, but um, yeah. So, uh, great pitch, great pitch. Again, Thanks. 
you guys out there get to decide. Uh, and now we are on the wild card, which means that me and Neil can just pitch to our heart's content. I do think that you should go first based solely on the fact that because of the way we did it, you went first, then I went two in a row, then you went. So now if you went, you'd go two in a row, and then i go last. So it kind of makes sense. Does that make that sense? That works. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good decider. So wild card, knock us out, man. All right. My wild card, There, it's going to be called Time Blaster. And it... <laughs> Yes. Uh, that's a name. And I'm excited. That's the name. That's the name. Time Blaster. And it will be done by Super Hot Team. Those who made Super Hot. <clears throat> wow. Interesting. So, you had it on the brain. Yeah. that's. It's actually kind of funny that I, I said that. I was like, oh. Um, so Time Blaster is going to be a story-based, run-based, roguelike FPS. <clears throat> time Blaster would see the player sent back in time by a time god named Kronos. With time all out of whack, the player would be sent to an alternate version of history and would have to play through alternate historical events where they would play through... Oh, my phone's screwing all up here. Hold on, sorry. You're fine. Totally threw me off. Um, <clears throat> would uh, They would make their way through generated like procedurally generated levels fighting against Kronos's minions with a set amount of time to get through a level the player would have a set arsenal of a pistol an assault rifle a shotgun and a sniper rifle what is interesting about all of this is the ammunition for these weapons is seconds off of your allotment of time to get through the level so, as an example, a single pistol shot may be worth two seconds. Assault rifle shots can be a second apiece. Shotgun shells could be worth five seconds apiece. So on and so forth. Uh, time would be able to be picked up off of fallen enemies in the battlefield, and it's at that point that the player can make a decision as to what it is that they want to do with their time. Do they want to focus their time on just getting through to the end as fast as humanly possible? Or do they try to use some of their time to take out other enemies that are in their way to keep them from getting to the end of the level? Is it worth it to fire a shot to take out this enemy when I may be able to get around it faster by not taking it out? As a result, levels would have a uh, rating system based off of how much time was ultimately left on the clock at the end. Uh, it would be very centered about around like leaderboards and speed running. Um, so that there is my wild card time blaster. That is extremely interesting. So there's no like campaign. It's just like online. It's like a. It's basically yeah. It's kind of the the campaign is like five different missions basically. Almost like seafood. But like, yeah, shooter type. yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's going to be like you play through this, you play through that. Like the background of it is kind of more just like for flair. Um, so like you could be sent into like prehistoric times where there's like dinosaurs and shit. Uh, it may be you might be sent into like the 1920s, you know, is something along those lines with alternate history versions of those periods of time. 
uh, the story is not the main focus here. The story is a reason for things right. to play out the way that they do. Do the levels change each time, or is it just still the set number yeah, five? It, well, it would be uh, it would be generated as to like where in the enemies are laid out. Nice in the process of things. Um, the layouts of the levels would be not really be affected a whole heck of a lot. I would say that there's probably a couple uh, branching path areas to where on one run that path may open, but on another run, th a different path may be open. Cool. Same cool. goes with like potentially like the type of uh, the amount of time that's being dropped by enemies. Let's say it may be uh, weaker enemies drop more time on one kind of like random luck based sort of thing. But it's it does play in a little bit into RNG, but not to the point where it solely relies on RNG. OK. All right. Cool. Cool. I really dig it. Uh, it's very interesting. I don't. I, I really like the changing levels. I think that would pull me in a little bit. Uh, the other stuff, not so much, but I think the changing levels would really like get me to try it. I like the, the time-based stuff, too. That's, that's mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, all right. So final pitch, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so I kind of pitched something like this sometime in uh, a long time ago uh, in a galaxy far, far away, but it wasn't quite put together the way I wanted it to be. Uh, so I'm going to put it now. And it is Flatfoot. And it is a double development sort of situation. I want two developers on it. Uh, one of them, uh, the developers of State of Decay, Undead Labs. The other one being World Walker Games, the people who did Wildermyth. Um, so what is Flatfoot? Flatfoot is a procedurally generated detective game. Uh, basically what it is is you create a detective from the ground up, uh, a private detective, and then what happens then is the game procedurally generates a detective story for you. World Walker Games is incredibly good at procedurally generating storyline, and State of Decay, Undead Labs, very good at pr procedurally generating characters. That's what I want to see. I want to see characters... And that kind of merged together. What this game would do then is it would present you with a detective story. Uh, you would have a detective case, and then you would have to figure it out. There would be a ton of them. Uh, you know, murders, disappearance, robberies, whatever. And then you'd have to get involved with it. You'd have to deal with the police that you... Maybe you've got a contact there, maybe you don't. When you're creating your character, you could take certain kind of like aspects to it. Like maybe you have a, uh, a friend in the police who can feed you information. Maybe you're just a really good shot. Maybe you've got some other sort of backstory that's very in that detective world. And then you investigate and try and put the clues together yourself. The game itself also generates a person that it could be but unlike other detective games, which this always drives me nuts, unlike other detective games, you can get it wrong and actually get it wrong. A lot of other detective games, you, you really can't do that. With this one, you can really get it wrong uh, and send someone wrong to prison, kill the wrong guy in the last fight of the chapter or whatever. Each chapter would be like, I want to say like five to eight hours of gameplay, just storyline and detective work. Uh, you would 
drive around the city, figure stuff out. It would procedurally generate where the places are that you can go into and interact with and find the clues to kind of put the information together. Uh, and then also the combat, I don't want it to, because it's a detective thing, it's about storyline. I want it to be the turn-based strategy. I'm not a huge turn-based strategy guy, but I think having an interesting turn-based strategy thing with your detective is way more detective-like than, you know, just having a shootout. Uh, I think it'd be much more, much cooler to have a, okay, I've got this guy, I've got to get in and out of this gunfight or this fist fight. How do I do that? Uh, so you'd have kind of this interesting turn-based thing. Plus, if you're only dealing with your own character, it's going to go by a lot faster, which is one of the biggest things that turns me off to turn-based strategy is the huge amount of characters that have to be managed on a field. With this, it's going to be you and a couple other characters, and that's it. Uh, you can make friends, make allies. You can also cultivate relationships with the characters that get procedurally generated. And what will happen is at the end of the story, depending on the relationships that you formed, you can mark certain ones as keepers. Those keepers will generate into the next story. So let's say the dame walks in and gives you the case. And for whatever reason, you develop a romance with the dame throughout the course of that detective. You can then hit her as a keeper. She will generate into the next story, not necessarily as part of the detective story itself, maybe yes, maybe not, but so that you can keep that relationship going. Uh, plus, having her there will change the procedural generation of the story on the next one. So now you have a character that's stuck around. She might get kidnapped by the bad guys. The game might go, oh, she, he's got this person. We can kidnap them. Oh, he's got this person. We can kill them. Oh, he's got this person, whatever. Uh, so like you can continually, continually shape the procedural generation of this game so that even though there's probably so many ways that it could go it keeps being generated differently because you keep adding these different characters as you go along and keeping your detective going and keeping this going uh and just keep generating it keep it what'll be really interesting too is there would be a feature in it that if you get the case wrong right somebody can come back for revenge or that case can get procedurally generated again but as a follow-up case like let's say you get a case horribly wrong and joe schmo goes to prison maybe two or three games down the road the game that generates is you find evidence that joe schmo that you were wrong about joe schmo that next eight hours is about you trying to find redemption and right your mistake this game is basically like narration generated on a unique scale for the player like never before. That's what I want. And I think you've got two studios that are just, one's great at procedural generation and story, one's great at procedural generation and characters, and that's what this game would be. It would be a character-driven, procedurally generated story with equal parts, well, with a lot of detective stuff. So my question Bring it up. is, you said it's going to be turn-based. What kind of turn-based are we talking? Are we talking Final Fantasy, you go, I go, nah. you go, I go? Or are we talking more like XCOM, here's a grid, move XCOM. around it? 
XCOM. So when you get in that fight, you get that grid. What I want is instead of a grid, I would want something more like uh, the game kind of tells you how far you can move based on your speed. Uh, and then you can be like, I can get here, I can get here. I don't have to worry about the grids or the hexes or anything like that. Mario, the, the Mario Rabbids uh, sequel did that. Right. And I don't want it like top yeah. down. I want your character to be there right in the forefront uh, and then just kind of go through it. I, th I think what's cool about that is you're a detective. You should be thinking your way out of things. It shouldn't be just like twitch reflexes. So that's, and, and that's also interesting because you can figure out how to run out of the situation too. You know what I mean? I want the AIs for the bad guys on the combat to be people like real people. They don't necessarily want to kill everybody they meet. They might not, chase you down you know you know something like that so uh but the game's centerpiece is really going to be the detective work and the stories that get generated around that yeah i if i remember i i think i remember you uh, i pitched something like this pitching this before it wasn't and as put together as called this. i think the name of it was gumshoe yep yeah uh, yeah i remember this yeah, that's why I pitched this Flatfoot. I guess it's the uh, the 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 uh, fake sequel to Gumshoe. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I think that uh, uh, that that pitch kind of conveyed what I wanted it to, but this one is mm -hmm. much more like put together and fleshed out the way I wanted uh, to present it. Um, and I think that again, like this would just be heaven for me, heaven for me, mm -hmm. absolute heaven for me. Yeah, I'm a big I, detective it, it, movie fan too. So <laughs> it's always it's always nice when you can go back to a failed pitch and then give it what you wanted it. Yeah, uh, yeah. in the first place, uh, we can't all accept my like failures like I did the one time it was uh, space football. It was football in space yeah. because I had no idea what to do for a sports game. What's great <laughs> is like you could have so easily like sports are so random you could have made a chess game for shit's sake like it's like fair. space football football in space it was like cars are a sport you could have made a racing game <laughs> like like that's crazy or something uh yeah that's i mean we can't always go back to our fails i couldn't pitch the yards for the 97th time that's for sure <laughs> so <laughs> so i gotta go with this one uh so that's it guys that's that's the horrible arena now you guys get to in the comments below Tell us what the deal is, what you liked, what you disliked. Also, Neil's face did go black a couple of times. I apparently did not fix the problem as well as I thought oh, I did. Oh, no! Yeah, it's really frustrating because I'm supposed to be starting... I've got two tabletop role-playing game streams I'm going to start. This problem wasn't an issue before. Now it's an issue. That's going to block people out if I'm... Like, looking at anything on the internet, the game is on the internet. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that, honestly. It's going to be it's gonna be so great <laughs> now that this is coming out two months later. Yeah. You will have fixed the problem. And I then I, somebody somewhere is going to be like, wait a second, oh shit, the problem's back. I don't know what it is, is my thing. Like, it wasn't doing this before, and now it is, and there's just no reason for it whatsoever. You know, so, yeah. it's funny you mention that, too, because, like, I noticed it's been a couple of months at this point, but my camera will randomly freeze up, or at least yeah. I will freeze up on the yeah, playback on sometimes. my camera. Yeah, you do sometimes. Oh, so you see that on your I end. do see it. 
I do. Interesting. See it. Yeah, I don't know why it does that. I mean, there's no point in me calling out every time you do a little hickety jig. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think it's so weird because it's just like one day was like, hey, guess the fuck what? We're gonna yeah. freeze now. You know what's crazy too is, uh, and I don't know why we're doing this as part of the actual podcast, but uh, it's whatever, it's fine. Wizard's Respite has a problem where, like, uh, every so often for like two minute chunks, he will just be thirty seconds behind his audio, and I have no idea why. There's no reason for it. That's just weird. all of a sudden, he will be high, be behind what he is saying. Like, um, and it's like I told him that afterwards. I was like, I. I don't know how to fix it for you. I, he's like, it's got to be something with me. I was like, I don't know. Computers, man. Um, all right. So, guys and girls out there, uh, I don't, we don't have anything to plug. Because we're two uh, months yeah, out. I don't even know no. what shows are still on. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, uh, tune in next week where we deconstruct the corpse of Todd Howard. <laughs> we need to stop. <laughs> claiming people are gonna die because two months is a long time for people to possibly die and then i gotta put this on the internet and people be like too soon and it'd be like oh, you have no yeah, idea oh, God. <laughs> all right everybody um yeah I, you know i should pause just so that i know where to cut and then we'll just come back with a little sign off horrible gaming podcast all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. I, I can't possibly plug anything because this is going to go up two months after we record it. So I don't know what's out right now. I, I'm sure there's like there's a stream. Um, I'm sure this stream. podcast is still going. Right. Come I'll, back next week for another one. There's I'll, that. I'll say this. Uh, there won't be anything going on stream-wise this week. <laughs> <laughs> because I am out of town. <laughs> like, this well, is made I mean, for the day that I leave. So, there won't be any well, that's, streams. That's the thing, though. Like, I, I, I think with how everything times out, because we were going we were gonna record this one on the 4th, but I know I won't Third. be back from my thing until the 13th. Right. So, there, we still have another one that we have to figure out. Yes. <laughs> I might. I don't know. I might have to have a guest or something. I don't know what's going on because I'm, I'm coming home that Sunday too. But I should be home in time to record the podcast. Yeah, I will. I will not. I okay. will not be back. All right. Well, I'm <laughs> glad we're doing this on air. Uh, yeah, that's good. Sure, we'll have something next week. I may not be there. I know. I love how you just said there will be a podcast next week, and then immediately said. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a podcast. There though. is. Because I There's going to so be a worried. podcast. Unless one of us dies. Maybe <laughs> it's not one of those other guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll put something up uh, for that. Uh, but this is out of the way, at least. So, yeah. So there won't be any streams this week. Uh, but I'm sure you could catch our streams and our shows, whatever they may be at this point. Um, and, uh, we're doing more tabletop role-playing game. I hope we haven't quit that by June. <laughs> I, I love that. that. This is great. This has turned into who knows what the fuck is going to happen. <laughs> Just take predictions on what show lasted is what the, the question is. Um, yeah. So there you guys go. I'll say this as Axiom Games LLC, there should be two new releases out there for you to go and spend your money on. Uh, I would appreciate you do that so that I have a reason to not go back to work when the time comes. 
I mean, I guess I work right now, but I mean full-time. Uh, so yeah, so support me as a game developer, a tabletop role-playing game developer, by going out and buying one of the two new games that's out right now. I mean, unless they didn't come out, in which case, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. This will be so sad. I really this hope the they worst come out. sign off in the history of this podcast. Okay. Everything's sad. It's so sad. It, yeah. Sad oh, yeah. If it's the podcast after this, the podcast after this is just like me with a full beard. Like, I failed <laughs> in my life's goals and achievements. All right, guys. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook at OldManGamingDH, on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord. Links in the description below. Influence us and all of our shows from there. As long as you keep watching and listening, we'll keep making it. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. And tell us who won. <laughs> God damn it. Please. 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 All right. <laughs>